Hello folks, welcome to This Is Ours podcast. I am your host, Amina, and this is my podcast where our motto is to be unapologetically intentional. Hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful past week and weekend. So, let's get right into it. Thoughts from last week. I've gotten feedback from people, not necessarily in answering the questions per se, but stating that they could relate to what I was talking about. And for me, an individual who... Like, I thought I was alone. It was truly remarkable to hear other people talk on this. I've been going through this battle of trying to make content that people will like. And my idea of what success in this quote-unquote business, for lack of a better word, would mean. But I think for me, I've realized that maybe I have to change what I define as success. I've been seeing success as, you know, posts, likes, subscriptions, and comments. And I think it's more so because that... That's how the world around us works now. You know, um, how successful you are is determined by how many likes you have. But I've taken responsibility for my life to determine how I want to classify success for this platform. And for me, success lies when even just one individual can either relate or find solace or understanding in what I say. For the past week's topic, as I said, I was taken aback by just how many people could relate to what I was talking about. So here are some thoughts from last week. One listener talked, shared with me about how this journey is an interesting one, but only you can overcome and conquer it on your own. It's part of growing. And I completely agree. I think, you know, it's one thing for someone to tell you to, I guess, relating back to what I was talking last week, choose happiness or snap out of it. But it's up to you at the end of the day to decide, you know, how how you want to approach it and how how you want to deal with whatever it is you might be going through because at the end of the day even if that person might have a similar experience every experience is so unique that you can't necessarily tell another person how they should react to an experience another thought one listener shared how they have struggled with very strong emotions especially because many view them as a strong heart quote-unquote which I wouldn't say I relate because I don't know if I would say I have a strong heart, but I would say I like to think I have a strong heart. (laughs) Um, They go on to say that life, to a strong extent, is between us and others. And I guess it it made me think about just what what they meant exactly by that. I think on on a slight, to a slight degree, I think I can relate. It might just feel like it's you against the world. No one understands what you're going through. So maybe that's what that person was trying to, I guess, trying to portray with that. But let me know what you think about that comment. So life life to a strong extent is between us and others. They go on to say that for them it was liberating for me to talk about this, which honestly makes me so honored. As they also struggle with detaching themselves and crawling into an quote-unquote I feel good shell. The challenge is leaving the dark hole and coming out with a cheesy smile and and quote, I am okay, end quote. It's okay not to be okay, whether they are episodes or sequels. And honestly, I think that's my favorite part because for so long, and I think as individuals, just in general, we think, you know, it, it has to be okay all the time. You know, like you have to put on a brave face, but it's okay not to be okay. In terms of their escape, um, they stated like silence and poetry, but they have also decided that instead of attempting to fix themselves, they are going to let themselves just be. And I love that. 
A listener also shared that for them, it feels like a spiritual battle triggered by anything ranging from a sound to an action or reaction, with their escape coming from a cup of tea or coffee. And I really appreciate that because I think it it, it, it kind of takes a different approach to it, seeing it more on the spiritual level. The last thought, um, the listener shares that sometimes the world is just heavy. They experience hopelessness as if they're not in control of anything. And I can totally relate, as I was saying last week, it's just this uncontrollable feeling of what is going on and how how can I somehow control this and maybe that's the issue maybe we're trying to control something that may not necessarily be controllable and maybe that's where we might need to shift the focus um they quit their episodes or dragons as they call them to drowning stating that the last thing we should be worrying about is others getting moody and i can totally relate if you're drowning although you might even if you're an empathetic person, if you're drowning in something, the last thing on your mind is worrying about other people's reactions, even though you you might you might actually like care about what they think. So those were just a few thoughts from last week, and I want to appreciate everyone who took the time to have a conversation with me, or even the people who just took the time to listen to the episode. Um, as I say every week, you're making my tiny dreamy reality, and for that, I would be forever grateful. I think for me, what struck me the most from these responses, again, was just the relatability of something I struggled with alone. It was terrifying being that vulnerable on the mic, but I'm so happy I did it because it gave other people the permission to speak their truth, which is the purpose of this platform. Another thing that really struck me, and I guess made me kind of sad, was that for me, TV, television shows have become my escape. But I guess for me, and it, it just seemed like I was so focused on having to need an escape that I never thought of the fact that some people might still be stuck in this hole and not even have that escape. So I guess it really made me change how I looked at it. Because I think sometimes, not even by our own fault, we can get stuck in the intricacies of our life that we forget that there are some things that, although may seem trivial, like television shows, make us more fortunate than others. So I guess that's just a thought I had in just, you know, reflecting on the responses and just last week's episode. So this week, getting into this week's episode, I titled it To Be or Not To Be. And basically, my thought for this episode was just to kind of talk about finding my voice and my journey to where I am right now like how did I get here and my process in getting here what do you want to be when you grow up it's a question I heard a lot when I was a child and I'm sure a lot of people can relate growing up in Nigeria was like an unspoken rule that the choices were medicine law and engineering personally for as long as I can remember the answer has remained the same medicine I wanted to be a doctor I didn't even have to think about it. That was just what the answer was. And as a child, I think the reason why that was my answer came from my desire to help people. It was an innate desire, a dream that carried me all throughout primary school and even through high school. I don't think the idea of this path started... It didn't start to falter, I think, until I lost my dad my final year of high school. Honestly, I think it was a turning point for a lot of things in my life, my future career just being one of many. Now, don't get me wrong, I still wanted to be a doctor, which was what led me to agree with my mom when she offered up the idea of a biology degree to accompany my pre-med track for university. It made sense. 
biology had in many ways become my favorite subject so it made sense to major in that one no what no one told either my mom or myself at the time though was that technically i could have had a major in anything and still been pre-med something i would not realize until my junior year of college but let me not get ahead of myself in the story where was i Okay, yeah, college. I sat through a lot of physics, chemistry, and biology classes in college, classes of 100-plus students. And to be honest, I don't think I ever felt like I belonged. I always felt like I was trying three times as hard to get what some people only took one try to get. But for me at the time, that's what I had to go through to achieve my goal of being in a profession that allowed me to help people. So I stuck with it. Nothing in life comes easy, right? I remember going to a pre-med advising meeting thing in maybe like my freshman year and the advisor had listed all these things you had to do and had to have in order to apply so and so hours of volunteering coupled with 100 hours of clinical experience internships and overall gp of this assigned gp of that recommendations letter from this people this it was so overwhelming i remember leaving feeling like scared almost of this path i had chosen and the fear honestly would only increase in coming years in my sophomore year of college i picked up a psychology minor it was after taking Psych 100, I was hooked. Reflecting reflecting back, I think this was another point in my life that caused a nick, if you want to call it that, in the path I had made for myself, the path to being an MD. It changed because I found my hand was going up more in class. I was answering more questions. A stark contrast from my pre-med classes where I preferred to blend in, scared of saying the wrong answer. Maybe because social sciences create more space for subjectivity as opposed to like physical sciences where it's, it's A or B. It can be A and B, A, B and C. You can't argue your way to it. It is what it is. So in the story I'm telling you, I am now in my junior year of college. Yeah. For most pre-med students, this is when you start to plan out your application process. When do I take the MCAS? Who's going to be my reference? Is my GPA good enough? Still during this time, I was taking more social science classes, psychology, sociology, a bit of political science. I was going through this phase where I was like, ooh, both my parents are lawyers. Maybe I should be a lawyer. So I was like, okay, maybe I should add on a legal policy minor. I think for me, it was more so finding... I was trying to find something and I didn't know what it was. Something was missing in the classes I was taking for my major and I was looking, desperately looking, to find what it was in all these classes that were not even my major. And what I found was the more social science classes I took, the less scared I was to raise my hand and answer questions. So like I was saying, I was looking for something and maybe at this point I was on the tip of finding what it was, maybe I wasn't. With my two C's and approximately 3.2 GPA, I made an appointment with my med school advisor. She was the same person that had conducted that meeting my freshman year and was known to not beat around the bushes about a student's chances of getting into medical school. By that time, I was already aware that maybe med school directly after undergrad was not as possible as I had thought with my two C's because even one C was like taboo. I mean, even a B, come on. Like med school was it's so competitive to get into. So I went in with the idea that I was going to do a post-bac. And for those who don't, who may not be familiar with that, it's basically just after your undergrad, you go into an institution and there's different versions of it. But the version of it I wanted to do was kind of like a GPA booster. So you take courses related to like courses that can help you in med school. And by the end of it, it helps to boost the GPA you have so that applying to med school, you have a more competitive GPA. So I went in with that idea. 
I think another reason why I was so into the idea of a postback was because I was already dreading the process ahead of me for applying for med school. And maybe at the back of my mind, I already had the idea that my path has shifted. But I didn't want to admit it to myself, let alone anyone else. My advisor, she seemed to like the idea because according to her, with my science GPA of less than 3.5, it wasn't as competitive to be applying to med school right now. So maybe med school directly after undergrad wasn't the best route. So I left knowing that a postback was my next step. I spent the next winter searching for postback programs. I remember my mom made me drop a spreadsheet because that's just the kind of mother she is. Shout out to my mom. But then I remember my uncle saying that if we were going to spend all that money on a certificate, I might as well do a master's and get a degree. So I started the journey that would lead me to grad school. Again, I knew my mom would not be okay with me taking a year off for grad school. Um, a year off. So grad school just made sense. She wanted me to, so now we've now decided, okay, I'm going to do a master's. She wanted me to get a master's in biology because for her, it made sense since I was going to end up end up in med school. But by this time, entering my first semester of my senior year, I knew there was no way I could do another one to two years of biology. It had to be something else. I didn't know what it, what it was going to be, but it just had to be something else. By this time, I'd also realized that even when I did go to med school, I wanted to specialize in psychiatry because... My interest had maybe not slightly shift, but more than slightly shifted from the physical to the mental. I credit this to the fact that I had spent the past semester, my last semester of junior year in counseling for the first time, dealing with my anxiety, depression, and my grief over losing my dad. It was like my introduction into the field of mental health, because as I said in my last podcast, mental health isn't something that is really talked about in a country like Nigeria. And I'm so thankful to my therapist because it was an amazing introduction into the field of mental health. After four years, four years after since his death, I was finally dealing with my loss, I think. And it really, I think it was another big turning point in my life. It kind of shook me into submission, to be honest, into grief and my journey through it. Which is honestly, it's a story for another day, I promise. Anyways... So I started searching for programs. First, my interest sparked was sparked by forensic psychology, maybe because of all the crime shows I watched. Um, but I was quick to realize that maybe that was not the most um, practical idea as forensic psychology is still a very new field, um, especially in Canada, because by then I knew that I was hoping to move. Um, so then there was a shift to counseling psychology. As I said, my interest has shifted to mental health. And unfortunately for me, um. Maybe, I don't know if I would say unfortunately, I only had a psychology minor, so a lot of the schools I was applying to, I didn't have all the requirements that they needed because you needed to be like a psych major. But I ended up applying to both counseling psychology and clinical social work programs here and there. And I was just, at that point, I wasn't really sure where my future was taking me. I just knew that grad school was the escape I was looking for because I just wasn't ready to take the MCAT or think about all the things I would have to think about in just the process of applying to med school. So I, I I mean, I had a first choice. I knew the school I was really hoping to get into because the program just seemed really nice. But at that point, any school that accepted me, I was going to go to because as long as I didn't have to go to med school, I was just all for it. Um, awaiting the, this decision that would dictate the next few years of my life, I was to be completely honest with myself and if I was completely honest with myself and even some of my friends around me could tell I just was not 
as passionate about the idea of going to med school as as I was saying, I was looking for that escape, something that would take me away from this idea of an MD. Maybe because I was slowly starting to realize that my desire to help people could be fulfilled in another profession that was not necessarily medicine or being a doctor. I'd had so much anxiety about going to med school that, as I said, I was just using grad school as an as an escape. So we are now, I think this is after graduation. So I graduated from university December of 2017. And by then, I was like maybe 75% sure that I just didn't want to go to med school. But I didn't admit it to my mom because I just couldn't. And I think I didn't even admit it to my friends, although I'm pretty sure by then they knew. So after I graduated from university i took a job as uh, an emergency department scribe so for those who don't know what that is basically i was like a note taker for the ed physicians and i did this because again it would have looked good on a med school application and also because that's just where my life seemed to take me but by this time i was still applying to grad schools and hoping to hear back fast forward to about maybe april of 2018 I had gotten admission to grad school, UBC, Okanagan. Very excited. It was was a very exciting time for me. But by this time, I was almost 90% sure that I did not want to go to med school anymore. But I didn't have a solid plan as to what my alternative was going to be. So I definitely could not tell my mom because I didn't have an alternative. And she's a very practical person. So I could have just be like, oh, hi, mom. I don't want to go to med school anymore. But to be honest, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I kept it to myself. But I finally came clean to my friends. Although, honestly, I don't think I even needed to come clean to them. But fast forward again, and we are now in September of 2018. And I have moved from Baltimore. I quit my job as a scribe and I moved to Kelowna for grad school to do my master's in social work. A two-year program that will take me through a journey that I don't think I was really prepared for maybe that's not the right way to put it I just I didn't know what was coming but I think I was kind of just going with the flow so in my first semester of grad school I took an ethics class an intro to social work class a social work theories class and an intervention class and just from the first week I could see the stark difference between how I was in this program and how I was my four years as a pre-med student my hand was going up more I was speaking more in class I just is like this like my silence voice just like picked up and there was no stopping me i just i had something to say and whether or not you wanted to listen to it honestly i was going to say and i wouldn't say it was i wasn't scared anymore because obviously fear is one of those things that lingers i think it was more so i was like and i think i said it during my intro episode it was more so that i was like you know what i have something to say And I'm going to say it because I think that my lived experience matters and what I have to say matters. So I would say it regardless of what it was um, anyone else said. And I was okay with the idea of someone, you know, confronting me or telling me that they they did not necessarily agree with what I had to say. So I went through my first semester of my master's and I was sure. By then, I was... 100% sure that med school wasn't for me and I think honestly I don't think there's one reason why I think it's a combination of reasons that have culminated over the past five years um one I just knew that 
it wasn't the only thing that could help me to help me pursue this dream I had of helping people to, I think I also just, I didn't, I wasn't as passionate about it as I was before. And med school isn't something you want to half-ass. It's not something you want to do with only like 50%. It's it's just not, if you want to do it, you have to be like 110% sure that's what you want to do. And I didn't want to do it just for doing sake or to please my family. I wanted to do something that, you know, I was passionate about. And by this time, December 2018, I was sure that I didn't want to spend the next, after my, my after grad school, I didn't want to spend the next seven years of my life in, in med school, hoping to become something that with the degree I was going to get, I could work my work hard to still be able to do. I guess for me, it was like, I could be a social worker and still bring about so much change in the world, change I wanted to see in the world, or I could spend the next seven years in school and still, obviously, an MD would give me um, opportunities that, you know, an MSW wouldn't, but still, I think I realized that I had put, like, the idea of being an MD on this pedestal, and I just, I didn't want to put it on the pedestal anymore, because for me, being a social worker and doing something with that was equally as as important now, finally, for me, I'd realized was equally as important as being an MD. So it's December of 2018 and I go home for Christmas and I finally have to tell my mom now that, okay, this is what it is. I don't think I'm going to med school anymore. And I dreaded it. I had prepped her. I said, we have to have a conversation when I get home, but I want to have it in, like face-to-face, and I had waited strategically. I was like, I'm going to wait until it's right before I have to go back to school, and then I'm just going to drop the bomb and leave. But then she caught me. She, it was like we were, had, we were riding in the car some somewhere one day, and she was like, oh, you said you wanted to talk to me about something. And I was like, yeah. Um, I was scared. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, freaking out. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to go to med school anymore. And you could just see the shift. I think maybe deep down below she knew that that was what was coming, but she maybe she didn't want to believe it or something. I don't know. But I just remember her telling me, yes, you can't move back to Nigeria for the next 10 to 15 years because your field is just not here. I don't know why you would want to move back. Like, you can't cut there's like, a, is it NGO? You want to know there's like a thousand NGOs here. And honestly, I love my mom. And I can understand where she was coming from because like, she was being realistic. Social work isn't something that, like, you hear in Nigeria. Honestly, I don't even think I knew what a social worker was before I stepped into my intro to social work class in this September of 2018. But for me, I think maybe just the fact that social work isn't in Nigeria is another thing that pushed me towards it in the first place. Because for me, just the idea of being in this profession that allows me that doesn't constrict me to just one thing. So for 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 a lot of people who don't know, uh, a lot of people might not know actually. Social, I guess when you hear the term social work, you think what you see on TV as like um, an individual taking away a, a child from a family. But social work, honestly, is way more than that. It's like, and I think that's what blew my mind the most about it. I've always been very... I've never wanted to be constricted to just one thing. And I think maybe that's why social work appeals to me so much. So there's three levels. There's the micro, the 
the meso and the macro. So the micro level is what most people would think is therapy, one-on-one counseling. Now, the meso level deals more with, you know, you're dealing with the individual, but also kind of with the, like, organizations. And then the macro level, which I think is the level that I'm, I wouldn't say most interested in, but intrigues me the most, is on, like, a more you've taken it out, like you've zoomed out. So the micro level is as zoomed in as you get. Meso is, is you've zoomed it a bit out. And then the macro level is you've zoomed it out completely and now you're looking at at just everything, not just the individual, not just the organization. You're looking at the system as a whole. And I think these are the reasons that draw me to social work so much is that I can, I can work on each level and I don't have to be constricted to just one thing. And I guess I've had the opportunity to learn that, but... Anybody tell anybody coming from where I'm coming from who may not necessarily know what a social worker does, hearing that my they might be concerned because like they think I think what it is is it, it doesn't seem like a very marketable quote unquote profession. As my mom was saying, like you can be a doctor anywhere. It's such a like and especially a doctor after you have your masters. And I can see where she was coming from. I really do see where she was coming from. And I've thought about it. Trust me, I've thought about it a lot. But I think still for me, I'm just so excited by the prospect of just sharing this knowledge I've been so opportune to have and spreading awareness to the issues of mental health that personally I've had to deal with and I know a lot of people around the world have had to deal with and creating this silence of mental health that is so prevalent in a lot of African countries. And I think that's where I'm at. So I obviously a lot of my friends um in in uni were pre-med as well. We took the same classes and a chunk of them have gone on to medical and are doing amazing things and I know they're just gonna be so great. But then a few others haven't and I think it, it maybe it's because you know it was like maybe we were pushed towards this career inadvertently by our by society, by our parents and family and friends that now is like, okay, I'm realizing that maybe it's not necessarily what I want to do. And it's like, I'm trying to push back. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine like a couple weeks ago and she was like, Omaina, I just, how did you know that my school wasn't for you? And I was like, I don't think I ever knew. And honestly, I don't think I still know. I think I'm just trying to fight my way through my preconceived notions of what helping people means and trying to not equate it with being a doctor, which is what I grew up believing. And another thing is I think in some way I'm being pulled towards... I I think in some way I was pulled towards where I am right now and I don't think I can ever fully explain it um, but I think, I, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I think that's what it is. I don't know how, I, this story, I guess, is more so a story of my life than anything else, but I think for me, the reason behind telling this story is because I know, I don't want anyone to think that maybe being a doctor equates to helping people, and I also, I think, my hope is that any just even just one person listening to this might you know reflect and think okay maybe i'm doing this because i think i want to do this but i'm not really sure and that's the thing you don't have to be sure 
I think we are so programmed to think I have to know what I want to be and I have to move with it. But the way life is right now, I think the best thing you can do for yourself is just to explore and not think too much about the future and just be present and just be where you want. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do these days. I'm trying to just be. I'm a social worker right now and who knows what's going to happen. Maybe I... Maybe there's still a doctor in front of my name. Maybe I end up doing a PhD. But I'm trying to just be present. And I guess the question, like, when I imagine myself now in the future, for me right now, where I am, my goal, my ultimate goal is I want to work at the UN. And for me, I even have the title I want. (laughs) I want to be an ambassador for mental health and trauma in African countries. And maybe that's, you know, a fleeting dream. Maybe that's, you know, a reality that, maybe that's a dream that may never be my reality, but that's where I am right now in my life. Throughout my journey, through pre-med and finding where I want to be in life, my journey leads me here to this moment. March 17th, 2019, in this studio recording this as a as an aspiring social worker hoping to work at the UN. So I guess I've I've gone on a lot of tangents, but I hope you were able to follow my story. And before I leave you with questions and leave you for the week, I have a few summaries. Just to summarize a few points to summarize, I guess where I was going with this. What do you want to be when you grow up? It's such a weighty question. And I don't think the people that ask it really know or realize the pressure that comes with that question. The pressure it puts on the individual to be exactly sure of what they want to be before they are even given the opportunity to fully explore what the world has to offer them and what they have to offer the world. So I think that's what it is. I'm right now exploring what the world has to offer me and what I have to offer the world. And I'm trying not to think too much about the pressure that's put on me to be exactly sure of what I want to be when I grow up. I heard a quote the other day. don't remember where it was from, but it, it was like probably from a TV show knowing me. But it was it goes, all you see is what you want to see. All I saw was a future in medicine. There was no other way for me to serve and help people. But I think I've now zoomed out and I'm trying to see it from a different lens, changing my perspective, changing the frame. And now I'm seeing that it's my responsibility to explore not only medicine as a way of serving people, but any other means that comes my way. I don't know if I am exactly sure of what I want to be when I grow up. I'm kind of just in my process. I was watching a Makers Women interview of Jada Pickett-Smith and she was talking about how you need to create the life that is specific to you and no one else. And I think that's where I am. I'm in that process of creating. I'm not sure what the outcome of the creation is going to be, but I am not attached to the outcome ever. I'm not attached to the outcome either, which is something a friend of mine told me a few days ago and I, I just love it. You can have expectations, but don't be attached to the outcome. Because if my life has shown me anything, it's that life can change at the blink of an eye. Most importantly, I'm enjoying my process and my journey through life. I have a question, though. Before I I get into the actual questions for this week, can your dream be your career? And by this, I mean, in recent years, we have seen the rise of untraditional careers like YouTubers and other types of influencers. 
they take their dream and they make it into something that they can do as a job for the rest of their lives. I think for me, my dream, when I think about it, I'm working in an organization that allows me to spread awareness on mental health, helping people find their voices in this scary and silencing world. Will social work help me do that? For right now, I hope so, but I don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing. And I'm just riding along, having a blast. So, questions for this week. What do you want to be when you grow up? At what point, at any point, did you ever feel forced into a career choice or profession? And this one is a bit different. Should I have stuck with medicine and the secure future it would have given me? So, if you listened till the end, and I really hope you did, I hope you took something from it. I'm not really sure what my exact intentions were on speaking about this, but I I think I was just led to speak about it, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I I hope you take something from it. I don't know what it's going to be, but hopefully you can take at least one thing from it. As always, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe uh, to our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on SoundCloud as well. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know if you have any thoughts on this topic, what you took from it. And as always, this week, don't forget to be unapologetically intentional. Thank you. God bless.